Today is Thursday, February 8th, in the year of our Lord, 2024. I'm Anna Grace Lugband, and this is your wake-up call. Let's begin with a prayer of consecration. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body to you as a living sacrifice. Jesus, we belong to you. Praying in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's entry is entitled, It's Time to Respond. Hear now the word of the Lord in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 through 7. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now consider this. A year ago today, around 2 p.m. in the afternoon, I received a text from a friend saying that I should try and make it over to Asbury University. Their regularly scheduled morning chapel service had not ended, and it seemed as if God might be up to something. I hurried over to Hugh's auditorium, which is about a five-minute walk from my house, and I spent almost every waking moment of the next 16 days in that space at what is now known as the Asbury Outpouring. What happened at Asbury has been described as a sign signifying to the world that God is on the move and he's not finished. Similar movements had been happening before Asbury and many have happened since and many will happen in the future. The sign points somewhere. As our friend Rich Wilson said about the outpouring, this isn't a destination. This is something to get drawn into and caught up in. Our text today captures the heart and essence of what Asbury signaled. This is not a day to reminisce about what happened. It's a day to respond. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. There was nothing particularly impressive about the beginning of the outpouring. A few university students responded to what God was doing and decided to hang back past the end of the chapel service. A small community sought after God, and the world caught wind of it and joined in. This, in and of itself, holds an important lesson about the function of community in obeying the command to seek and call upon the Lord. The seeking and the calling of a few 
stirred up the hunger of literally thousands. We need one another to do this. There are times when seeking God seems to come more naturally and is met with less resistance. But other times we're invited to seek God not necessarily because we want to or because we're particularly enthusiastic about it, but as an act of devotion. Seek the Lord while he may be found is an imperative, not a suggestion. Ruth Haley Barton says that it is your desire for God and your capacity to reach for more of God than you have right now that is the deepest essence of who you are. When we seek God, especially when we don't feel like it, we break free from a distracted state in which we have grown complacent under the illusion that we can do just fine without God, and we come into reality. We are told not just to seek God, but to call on him. While calling on the Lord can look like saying, come near, it can also look like saying, help. There are times when I call for my husband simply because I enjoy his presence and I want to be near to him. But there are other times when I call on my husband because I need his help with something or because I'm upset. It would be really odd if one of these went away. If I never called him just to be with him, our relationship would be very utilitarian. But in the same way, if I didn't call on him when I was upset or needed help, he would be confused why I didn't. He wants to do those things. This is of great encouragement if you find yourself in a season where seeking God is not exactly what's naturally flowing out of you. What do you need God to do in you, in your community, in someone you love? Do you have any hurt, disappointment, or worry that you need to express? Call on him. Seek him with whatever you've got in you. Whether you're feeling it or not feeling it, go for it. Just see what happens. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. Repentance is the most natural thing that you can do in response to God's presence. It's the cry of Isaiah after seeing the Lord seated on the throne that says, Woe to me! I'm ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. It's the shout of Zacchaeus after Jesus calls him by name and invites himself over. Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Repentance is a response to seeing the beauty and the goodness and the holiness of God. We don't initiate it. It makes sense that the command to repent follows the command to seek and call upon God. Because as he is found, 
we find that we have to change. I love this bit of testimony from the outpouring about what repentance was like in the room. This is the most majestic, wonderful presence that I've ever experienced, and I want to remain in it. But to remain in these sin patterns or this thought life or this compromise of faith, it felt like it would exclude me. Like I either had to leave the room or these things had to leave me. The outpouring was essentially a bunch of people seeing God clearly and responding accordingly. That's why the vast majority of the time was spent in worship and in repentance. I said this earlier, and I want to say it again to end our time together. Today is not a day to reminisce. It's a day to respond to respond accordingly. Let's pray together. Lord, would you increase my appetite for you? Would you increase my responsiveness towards you? I want to seek you and find you. I want to call on you and to know your nearness. Maybe for some of you, it's, I want to want these things. Help me to see you more clearly for who you really are. May your holiness reveal any wicked ways or unrighteous thoughts in me. And would your kindness lead me to repentance? I receive your love in your mercy towards me. Amen. Continuing in a posture of prayer, I invite you to ask yourself these questions. What would it look like for me to cultivate a commitment to seek the Lord as a spiritual virtue? Two. How might the Spirit be leading me to respond to our text and the testimony of the Asbury outpouring today? This is for The Awakening. I'm Anna Grace. I'll see you tomorrow. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend, leave us a rating, and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.